Welcome to the Grove Church Podcast and thegrovekc.com. Our mission as a church is to encourage people to discover true treasure in Jesus Christ. We hope you find today's teaching helpful and encouraging. Thanks for joining us. I think it was yesterday, Alyssa and I were trying to figure out how many days our our baby girl had been in the hospital. I think it's 50 days on Tuesday. And so to give you a quick update on her, she's three pounds, 13 ounces. Um, So from, she started out as one pound, eight ounces, so she's grown quite a bit. Um, But from my family to you guys, I wanted to say thank you guys so much for for praying for us uh, during this this season of life that we've been in. Um, Switching gears, definitely switching gears. Um, Why read a book when you can watch a movie? When it comes to books and movies, I bet the room is split here. So quick poll, who here, if there's a book that is also a movie, prefers the book? All right. Who here prefers the movie? All right. That pretty, pretty split. Uh, I, I'm glad that we're able to settle that debate for me. Um, I, I, prefer, I prefer movies. Um, So if we have not yet met, my name is Kyle Corcoran, and I'm the associate pastor here at The Grove. And like Walter said earlier, I'm filling in for Christian as he and his family are taking a trip to California uh, to take their oldest daughter, Elena, to college out there. And they're they're making a fun family vacation of it. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the wisdom that we can get from books. But I just told you that I prefer movies over books. So while uh, books are growing on me, movies take the lead, probably because I just saw Top Gun Maverick. It has sound. The visuals. It feels like you're there. All you have to do is sit back and watch, and you can eat food, and you can have have a drink, and you're not getting the pages all dirty. And generally, you can get lured into a good movie. You can get caught up in the intensity of it. Plus, there's music. I know that the the details of a good book are so much more vivid, um, and I'm trying, but it takes so long to read a book. Growing up, I I wasn't much of a reader. I I wasn't a good reader. I don't know if I still really am a good reader. I didn't comprehend quickly, so I would get discouraged. Plus, I preferred to do other things because my friends preferred to do other things. Movies and TV shows, they were so much quicker. And why read when I could hop online and get the information I needed to know for my test or my quiz the next day? And that kind of worked until I had to make a real decision about a real question. Was Jesus real or was he a hoax? I started reading because I was seriously investigating the claims of Christianity. And I was wrestling. I was so restless and so dissatisfied with what was being offered to me at the time. I had to know. I had to know if Jesus was real or if he's in the same category as Santa Claus. I needed to know if Jesus was a hoax or not. Because I was not about to be duped. So at the beginning of my my sophomore year of college, uh, my my brother had gone away to college and he, he... reached out to me and he asked me if I would read a book if he bought it for me. I said, sure. So he sent me this in very college fashion. He sent me a used copy of this book. I think it cost him a dollar. This is like at the the beginning parts of, of Amazon. 
So he, he sent me this, and I, I started reading it, and I, I was convinced. It convinced me that Jesus was real and that the Bible was legit. Jesus, or more than a carpenter, it showed me that Jesus was more real than I ever thought that he could have been. It also showed me that the Bible was more legit and had more proof than I ever could have imagined it to have. It was this book, More Than a Carpenter, that accelerated my belief in Jesus and, and helped me understand that the Bible was valid. But it also sparked this new and different desire in me, a desire to read. I started reading because I was seriously investigating the claims of Jesus, and I, I, this is an area I had never really explored. I had never been there. I didn't know anything about what it meant to be a Christian or anything like that. All I knew was my friends at the time, they were now all of a sudden interested in Jesus. It, it, was, it was a really a crazy God time. I continued to read because I wanted to know more about Jesus, who he was, what he was about, what he had to offer. And what I discovered through reading more than a carpenter was that Jesus defined reality. And because he defined reality, Jesus was the only one that could offer me legitimate forgiveness. The circumstances in my life were such that no one but Jesus could offer me this legitimate forgiveness. This is what Josh McDowell says in the book. He says this, forgiveness always has a price. God paid the price for our forgiveness through the cross, a payment that Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, or any other religious leader cannot offer. More than a carpenter, it's pointing us to Jesus. When I read that quote, I didn't believe, but all of the lights were on. Like, I, I was paying attention. And as more than a carpenter did for me, for each of us, books in their proper place, with the proper posture, can accelerate our wisdom. Throughout this series, we've been talking about and we've been defining wisdom as the skill to respond to how, the life really, to how life really works. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't need that kind of skill. We all need this skill to respond to how life really works. And you, you might actually already be wise, but if you are, then you understand that you're constantly sharpening this skill because what was once sharp can always grow dull. And the wisdom pyramid helps us to know the sources of wisdom in their proper place. So here's a picture of the wisdom pyramid. There it is. All right, so you got the Bible at the bottom, then you got the church, then you got nature, and now we're at books this week, and beauty, and then the internet and social media. Books are important, and they're helpful for, for gaining wisdom, but only when they're in their proper place. When one of these gets out of their proper place, or if one of them is missing, then things can get wonky, and they can get weird. The same is true for books. Life becomes unstable if books get out of their proper place in the wisdom pyramid. There was a time for me when things got a little unstable, a little wonky. I was serving at a church. I was serving at Hillcrest Baptist Church, a Bible-believing church in Lebanon, Missouri. So you go to the center of the state, Lake of the Ozarks, about 30 miles south of, of there, and I was serving as a student pastor at the time. And I can't remember how we got on the topic, but a, a lady was telling me about the importance of the Bible as God's Word and how much we need it for life. And I remember having the thought at the time that theology books were more important than the Bible. 
I didn't say anything to her, thank goodness. Uh, I was just listening. And however, sometime later, un- unknown to me, I was taken back by my thoughts because I had to figure out which one was more important, actually. Books, they helped me to grow. They helped me to understand. They, they gave me new and deep insights into the Bible. Everything I was reading at that time revolved around the Bible. I was paying attention more to books. I was looking to books to be my primary source of wisdom. They were actually at the base of my pyramid, not the Bible. Even though I, I thought at that time that the Bible was my base. Because that's, that's how I started. But things were not in their proper place, and my thought proved it. Now, it's possible that, that you can't relate with me. Either simply you don't read, or you've never struggled with getting things out of order. But here we are, we're talking about reading books in the midst of a series that's based on a book in order to help us keep things in their proper place so we can gain in wisdom. Now, I'm probably not alone in this, but I'm not a very good organizer, but I thrive when things are organized and in order. That's why this series has been helpful for me is because it categorizes and it, it organizes and it ranks and it gives explanation and examples for, for the wisdom sources available to us today. If this was a show on Netflix, it would be color-coded. Brett McCracken, he, he helps us. He does the hard work of organizing all the sources of wisdom and he puts them in the proper order. Dude, if I would have known this early on, I would have been greatly helped by this series. Because I was reading books and I was gaining insight and understanding of the Bible. I, I understand how, how Jesus was working today. Books, can, they can also help us gain insight into what we need to solve our problems today. They can help us manage our money. They can help us to know how to be a good parent. They can help us grow in leadership. They can point out scriptures that are helpful in, in growing our character. They can also help you with your golf swing or help you be a better fantasy football player. Books can take you on wild imagination, wild adventures. They can can spark your imagination. They can instill in you deep-rooted compassion. They can even be a way for us to gain mentors for life. But books pale in comparison to the wisdom that the Bible has to offer. Because books must be in their proper place for acquiring wisdom. They actually need to be closer to the top of the wisdom pyramid. If they're not in their proper place, then they won't work as they should. So um, I, I mentioned my daughter, Addie. So she's our youngest. We have, we have three kids. So, and I have, they're all little. One's four, one's going to be two, and then one is a newborn. Um, and so we have a bunch of little kid toys around our house. They, they look like this these little, these puzzles. Um, so you got the horse, the sheep, and the cow, but only the horse will fit in the horse spot. And only the cow will fit in the cow spot. Each animal has to go in its proper place for it to work as it should. Not only do books need to have their proper place, but we must take a proper posture towards reading books. What do I mean by posture? Like, I kind of slouch sometimes. Not, I, don't, I don't mean like standing up straight kind of posture. What I do mean is an attitude or approach to things. In general, there's a posture that we must take when reading books that's conducive for gaining wisdom. 
In order to accelerate our wisdom, we need to have a posture of humility and teachability. This is the way that God designed for us to acquire real wisdom. Humble people, they understand that the world really works when we are not at the center of it. If someone's humble, they won't look to insert themselves at the top. Instead, they will voluntarily take a position of lower importance. They won't, they won't make themselves, they won't try to make themselves look good. Instead, they will try to make others look good by taking a position of lower importance or lesser privilege. Humility creates a road for that humble person that is conducive for gaining wisdom. Listen to what Proverbs 11.2 says about this. It says, when arrogance comes, disgrace follows. But with humility comes wisdom. When we are in the right humble posture, then we are in the right posture to acquire wisdom. People who are humble have the right vantage point for life situations. They have a more accurate view of each situation that they face. And in general, they will make a wise decision. They're humble because they understand this is how God works. Humility is this attitude that, that God highly values. And when we're humble, then we're also in a good position to be teachable. At first glance, like I, I started looking at this and uh, humility and teachability, like how do you define the, the difference? And I, I think it, they're, they're very similar, but they're different. So they're like two sides of the same coin, if, you, if that makes sense. Teachability is the only real shortcut in life for gaining wisdom. A person who is teachable will learn from the experience of others so that, so that way they can avoid as much pain as possible. Here, here's how teachability is defined. It's defined as this, someone who's capable of being taught. Someone who's apt and willing to learn. They're favorable towards, towards, towards teaching. The learning curve of life is steep. The only way to shorten it is by being teachable. Listen to what Proverbs 19.20 says about the benefits of teachability. It says this, Listen to counsel and receive instruction. So that way you may be wise later in life. If we are teachable, we will not only gain wisdom now, but later in life as well. This is why we, we probably started reading in the first place. We needed a perspective change. We needed insight. But, but not everyone who reads is teachable. They can be students. They can be learners, but they're not necessarily teachable. I like what Pastor Randy Lanthrop says about this in his attitude books, uh, in his book, Attitudes for Success, he says this, almost all human beings are able or apt to learn, but many are not willing. Someone who is teachable is being humble enough to, to accept instruction needed to grow in wisdom. When I had the thought about theology books being more important to the Bible, what started out as humility and teachability in me grew into arrogance and pride. I understood that the learning curve of life was steep, and I, I was trying to shorten it. That's why I continued to read. My, my hunger to read, and to learn, and my, my teachability, it turned to arrogance, and that's why my thought was out of place. I didn't even know that this was possible. And my view of reality became distorted. I was trying to put the, the cow spot in the horse, the, the cow piece in the horse spot. It just wasn't going to work. 
arrogance and pride, that they're the opposites of teachability and humility. Hum arrogance and pride, they distort our view of reality. This shift in our posture can happen fast. We can move quickly from humility and teachability to pride and arrogance. This is, this is a danger from reading. Even while we're searching for wisdom and, and we're, we're in a humble posture, we can gain a little bit of knowledge in an area, and if we don't maintain this right posture, what started out as humility can turn to arrogance fast. There's a fine line between uh, teachability and arrogance, and it's, it's easy to cross over from teachability to arrogance, and it can happen like that. We can have an attitude of, hey, I don't really know anything. And after reading and growing in knowledge of an area, we can say, hey, now I know something. And then our nose goes up. And we can breed arrogance and pride, and it's difficult to read my notes when my nose is up, and I have a distorted view of, of reality because my nose is up. I start to think more highly of myself than I should because my nose is up, because I know something. I look what Paul says to the Romans in, chapter, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. He says this, for the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. My reality was distorted. Because I was thinking more highly of myself than I should have. Books that gave me new and deep insights uh, in the knowledge that they were giving was not something that, that they were giving me was not something I had ingested and begin practicing in my life. I, I didn't know how, actually. I had not really learned anything because the information had not gone through me. I was just regurgitating what I was reading, and then I said it to other people, and I sounded smart. I wasn't wise because I didn't have the skill to respond in a way that was useful and effective for life. And arrogance and pride, they, they came out of me. It was unexpected, really. Here's the thing. Arrogance and pride, they're not attractive to other people. They're especially not attractive to, to non-Christians, to people that aren't following Jesus. Arrogance and pride, they can make life more difficult. They can burn relational bridges. Arrogance and pride are, are dangerous, actually, because they're, they're attitudes that God is actively against. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. He says this, God resists the proud. I don't want that, and I don't want that for you. But he gives grace to the humble. I want that, and I definitely want that for you as well. When we approach books with a proper posture of humility and teachability, we can pursue our goals and not burn relational bridges and honor the Lord all at the same time. Man, that's attractive. That's really attractive. To love people and to love the Lord, that's the, that's the goal of the Christian life. Books that can help us gain wisdom by, by widening our view. They can help us maintain a proper perspective on things. They can help us make sense of the world. They can challenge us to think better. They, 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 they also challenge the, 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 the slow-paced nature of a book will challenge the fast-paced thoughts of today. 
Today's information, it's fast. The news is fast. The social media is fast. They, They call it Instagram for a reason. And it demands a fast response, too. Otherwise, you're slow and you're kind of out of the loop. This is how companies make money, is they make money off of our quick and fast responses to their quick and fast sound bites. This is why we need books now. The slow-paced nature of reading a book is an antidote to the rapid-fire pace of information coming our way today. We need books in their slow nature to help us cultivate wisdom. Even though they're slow in nature, books can still rapidly increase our wisdom. Kind of like the wise lumberjack who goes a little bit slower than everyone else. He will stop and he'll sharpen his blade every once in a while, then he'll go back to chopping. It appears that he's going slower than everyone else. Everyone else is working hard, but they don't stop to sharpen their blades. They will even criticize him for stopping and sharpening his blade. Even though he's going a little bit slower, he learns somewhere along the line, probably from a book, that if he sharpens his blade every so often, it would accelerate his work and rapidly increase his production. It seems so simple to stop and to sharpen your blade while you work, but not everyone will do it. Not everyone will stop from the daily grind and read, read a book. All week it's felt like I've, I've been convicted of a couple of things, arrogance and pride, and then the fact that I should probably read more. Uh, so what, what books should we read? Here's a few recommendations of the types of books that I think that we should read if we're, we're just starting out. We should read books that are true, um, so that, you, that we know speak truth or about truth. Read books that are accessible. So you're reading books that you can understand. Uh, so if you're a high school student, you should probably shouldn't be reading uh, seminary-level books. Um, if, and you should also read books that are relevant. Read books that are relevant to you you or your current or future need. So if you're, like I said, if you're a student, you probably don't need to read books on parenting. But if you're a parent or you want to be a parent, then you should probably read books on parenting. Um, If you need wisdom in in the money category, then you should be reading books on money. Uh, Same same for marriage and, and culture. If you don't know where to start, then read books that trusted leaders have suggested. So, um, Pastor Christian knew that this topic was coming. Uh, he knew that this part was coming. And so he provided you with a list inside of your program of books from him that he recommends. Um, it's, it's actually a short list. It looks long, but it's pretty short. Um, but I'm going to give you a couple that I've read probably about 75% of those books. Um, but I'm going to give you a couple that I think that we as a people should read or that I recommend. Um, there's a book underneath the worldview. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics. Uh, it should be called Data Bear Apologetics or Papa Bear Apologetics. It's probably a little bit better. Um, because as a parent, you need to have a good understanding of how the world really works. And if you want your kids to grow in wisdom, then this is a great book for us to understand how the world really works so we can help them and equip them to grow in wisdom. Um, marriage, I've read the book, a lot of those on there. Um, but I've only read for men only. It's short, it's quick. I have not read for women only, uh, but I heard it's good. Um, 
but in short, it's quick, it's, it's good, straight to the point. Money, uh, there's a book on there called Treasure Principle. Once again, short, fast, easy read. Character, uh, there's a book called QBQ. It's the question behind the question. If you're looking to grow in, uh, grow your relationships, whether that are, that's in ministry or in workplace or in your family even, Question Behind the Question is a very good book to, to have as a resource. Culture, um, a book that I really like is The Secret Thoughts on, a, on an Unlikely Convert. Uh, this is Rosie Arab Butterfield's story. And it's one of those books that, like for me, it was hard to put down. I think that everybody, regardless of where you're at in your walk with Jesus, even if you don't care about him, you should, you should investigate into the person and life of Jesus. And I think that everybody should read a book like The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. It's much like More Than a Carpenter. It's a little bit thicker, but it, it still helps us to know and understand who Jesus was and is, and that he is who he says he really is. So if you're, you're wanting to increase your reading, here are a couple of tips. Main, main, make sure that you maintain uh, the right posture. I hope that was clear. Uh, I'm really big into building the habit, uh, so build the habit is, is key. Uh, if you got, make sure that you have, if you have five minutes each day, then set a low time marker of five minutes each day and read for that amount to build the habit. If you got 10 minutes, if you got 30 minutes, and so on and so forth. We can start searching for wisdom now, but you don't become wise overnight. It, it takes time. Make sure that you put the, the books in the Bible in their proper place. I really like what pastor and theologian says, Charles Spurgeon says on this topic of books in the Bible. He says this. He says, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. What he's saying is this. Go on vacation with books. Go camping with them. Go exploring with them. Go on road trips with them. But he's saying, but the Bible, the Word of God is where your home is. Live in your home. Let it be the place that you always return to. Let the Bible be your main source of wisdom. The way that this practically works out for me is I read the Bible first before books. Books are meant to supplement the wisdom that the, the Bible, the church, and nature have to offer, giving you insight into how the world really works, but not becoming your primary source of wisdom. Earlier, I, I mentioned a story about, a made-up story about a wise lumberjack. I don't think that I've ever actually used an axe to chop through wood. Like I've thrown an axe, I've hit wood with an axe, but I've never actually used it to chop wood. I've used a chainsaw a number of times. I think that the concept is the same. We all have a responsibility to stop and sharpen our own acts. We all have a responsibility to look for and seek out and gain wisdom. The wise lumberjack, he'll tell you approximately about what time he sharpens his acts, where to buy a good sharpening stone, if you will, he can even show you the method of sharpening his axe. But ultimately, it's on you to do the sharpening. The same is true for trusting in Jesus. I can tell you what age I was when I trusted in him. I was 20 years old. I can, t I can tell you how I came to the realization that I needed him. 
I can even point you to key passages of the Bible or books that were helped me understand and, and know and what it means to trust him and walk with him. But you will have to decide if you want to trust him or not. We will never get the wisdom we are searching for and need if we have been trusted in Jesus. He is the essential component to wisdom. I really love what Colossians 2 verse 3 says about Jesus. It says this. It says, in him, so it's speaking about Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Trusting and walking with Jesus can be slow-paced, can be seemingly ordinary at times, but far, far more effective for life. Real wisdom and real knowledge are found in Jesus Christ. Books can only supplement the wisdom we can have from trusting in him. Let's pray. Father, you are the source of wisdom. Your son, and in him all the treasures of knowledge and understanding and truth are found and wrapped up in your son Jesus. Lord, we want to be effective and useful for life, and please continue to use this series to help us uh, know the proper order and um, the proper sources uh, for us to gain wisdom so that way we can uh, live lives that are honoring and pleasing uh, to you, Lord. But help us, Father, to keep things in the proper order so that way we may gain wisdom and be effective for life. Lord Jesus, we love you above all other things. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We pray that you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at thegrovekc.com for more ways to connect with us. And join us again next week for another podcast from The Grove Church. Have a great day.